Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Shabbos Tazayin Amid Beis at the top. Ravashi Amar Leolam Leklecheres Domo. Really, glass is like earthenware. Glassware is like earthenware regarding tumah, the transmission of tumah. Rashi says, Since glass is created from sand, Therefore, simple glassware is tahar and does not have tumah, in brackets it says yishana, does not have old tumah. That's Ravashi saying that Glassware is like earthenware. Udukok hashalach, lo letamu megabon. And that which bothers you, if that's the case, the glassware is like earthenware for tumah. Hoyl venira tocho kibara. This is an answer. Since the uh, the glass has transparency, it's a feature of glass. Nira tocho kibara. The visibility of the inside is as visible as the outside. So therefore, it is distinct from regular earthenware, which a feature of earthenware as opposed to glassware is that it's opaque. You cannot see the inside from the outside. So this is a fundamental difference. Rashi says, Since you can see the inside from the outside, by looking at the outside, Therefore, it's not considered the outside, rather the inside. So that's uh, a, a reason to differentiate between earthenware and glassware, even though, basically, Ravashi is saying, they should be generally similar. So Rabbeinu Hanala quotes um, the Mishnah, and if you have this problem, that if it should be in lockstep with earthenware, so how does earthenware actually contract tuma? Not from the outside, not from something that's impure touching the outside of the earthenware vessel. The way to transmit tumah to earthenware is by the avir kli, the inner uh, recesses of the kli. If that has in the airspace something that is impure, that transmits tumah to the earthenware vessel. And this is in contradistinction to all other vessels, which the Mishnah says, in Chulin Chavdal Mebeiz, Tonarbanan, Ave Klicheres Tame, Vigabo Tahar, Ave Kol HaKelem Tahor and Vigaben Tame. That is a, a, an exception that they are on the others. Each one is distinct from the other. That earthenware does not become Tame when coming in contact with something that's impure on the outside. Only on the, when, when that impurity enters into the inner airspace of the earthenware vessels. Whereas other vessels, 
they contract to Uman not through the airspace, the inner airspace, but rather by touching the the surface of the vessel. So they 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 don't function similarly in terms of how they contract to Uman. So Rav Ashi explains the reason why, because the the the, the visibility of glassware you can see it straight through, so. It has the, the halacha uh, of, of, as Rashi says, lo chash v'elotoch, the ho v'nir etocho mi'bachutz, right? Since you can see the inside from outside, so it's lo chash v'gav elotoch. It's the transparency makes it uh, unlike earthenware. It's, uh, it's going to be like other vessels. And touching on the outside transmits impurity to the contents inside. Right. Okay. By by glassware. Unlike earthenware. Even though earthenware comes from mm-hmm. sorry, glassware comes from earthenware. Comes from coal, from heated sand. Shimon ben Shetach Tiken Ksuba Leisha. Shimon ben Shetach, a great Tano. He enacted the uh, a certain facet of ksuba for the protection of a wife who will either become widowed or divorced so she's got her protection plan and we have to see exactly what his takana was as one of his takanas was impacting how ksuba works in addition he made a takana that there should be transmission of tuma impurity onto metal vessels. Hey, wait a second. The, the Torah already recognizes impurity of metal vessels. So there's no room for Shimon Shetach to get involved over here to, to initiate some type of tuma if it's biblically mandated. What's the source? Tachsiv, ach es hazohav, ve'es hakosef, es hanochoshes, es habarzel, es habdil, ve'es haofores. And by Klemidian, so we find a discussion of Tuma, as well as Gilek Le'nochrem, as well as uh, the process of Hechsher Kalim. But we have tumor, so these metal vessels do contract tumor. So, so enactment is not for the initial contraction of tumor, that you're right, is biblical. His takana was concerning the renaissance of an old hidden tumah that we thought was gone that that was uh, where he came in and said oh it's back so where does this come up the story by Malka that she was Shimon Shatach's Sister, she also saw Mishtal Abinah. She made a feast 
for her son. So it's his nephew. Rashi says, "Bimeishim and Menshetachaisa." I'm not sure why she's uh, why Rashi's only mentioning that they happen to be contemporaries. They were more than just contemporaries; they were brother and sister. But presumably, his point is that the the fact that we need for him to be the Baal Hatakana is that they're contemporaries. Yes, it happens to be true that they're also brother and sister, but you don't need that. The, the, the critical point here is that he's a contemporary uh, in order to make this Takana. Okay, so what happened? She made a feast for her son, Vinit Mukol Kelel, and all of her vessels became Tameh. This is not so good. However, they became tummy. She was able to know that. So somehow they came in contact. Let's say Tumas Mace, and nobody's going to want to partake of this feast with all of her uh, her kalim. So what's she going to do? So she's a very clever lady, Shavrasan. She broke them, broke the vessels. Oh, Nisanasan Litzerif. She gave them over to. As a smith, and melted them down. Brand new vessels. She was a rich lady, and she was in a hurry. She needs pure vessels, and she doesn't have enough time to wait for Amazon Prime. So just she quickly melts them down, has them remade. Wonderful. No, too bad, you can't beat the system. They go back to their old Tuma. New uh, Takana, by the way. If it, if it broke, then it, does it have Tuma as a broken vessel? No, it does yeah. not. It does not have Tuma as It goes back. It was, it was dormant. He said asymptomatic. <laughs> and then... Now it came back. It's a new cleat. It was reformed from the same old metal. Now it's tummy. My taimo, shumgeder mechatos nogobo. Why? I mean, this sounds like, you know, a real, uh, real bummer that what's, what's going to be the party. No. <laughs> they're, they're concerned, though, about mechatos. And Rashi says, get a mechatos. Oh, before that, just the previous couple of Rashi's. Kol keleha, b'meis shahay s'trich lahamtin, hazal shlish yushvi. Because they came into contact with the dead, so in order to affect the tahara in a slow pace, you have to have a sprinkling of the red heifer ashes with water through the process of the third day and the seventh day of sprinkling. So this is, it's going to take a while. It's going to uh, delay the party. She wanted to get same day service and she broke them and had them reformed brand new. Which is soldering in English. To attach the silver at the point where it is broken. And that's, uh, I, what was that?
That's not actually the mashmos of the Gemara. It says, It sounds like it was. It sounds like it was. Yeah, it's it it could be either way. It could be either way. But um, I don't know. When Rashi says soldering, I don't know if he means in the in the English sense of soldering, which means applying a new metal to connect the two pieces, or in the generic sense, like welding, which just means uh, heating up and connecting two points. I'm not sure if it makes a difference, though. Uh, clearly, when it was broken, it lost the status of tuma. It was no longer functional. And and now it was. Um, but yeah, let's let's continue. In the Rashi, together, Mechatas, why did they get involved? Why did they enact this takana that's ruining the party? Well, <laughs> His nephew's party. What's he doing over here? Right? Nimsu mechatos betelim. This is going to cause a uh, a destruction of the use of mechatos. Everybody's going to get this idea. But, but and why should they wait a week? The tummy himself still needs the mechatos. That's true for the tummy, but what about for the party? Must go on. So he doesn't have to go to the party. So people are going to do this plan to circumvent the slow process of hazav, sprinkling, third day, seventh day. Finally, after that, you get the tahara. Why, why did he specifically need that? The slower, that, the mechatos. So he, he said, nimtum mechatos betelim, because people wouldn't wait. Ella, what would people do? This trick, shovran. And what's the real problem? So what? There's no chiv to do it. That's the problem. People will forget that the kalim actually need mechatos to become tahar. Just, if everybody becomes so used to this plan, then, no, hey, do why, kalim why actually need to, mechatos? Why do, you, why do you have to break it anyway? <laughs> so, so, in an abundance of caution, he made a takana, shimon v'shetach, saying, no, goes back to the old Tumah. This is not a Mahalach. Cannot forget Taras Mechatos for Kalim. Yeah. So, Hanich Laman de Omar Lekol HaTumas Amro But, actually, before we go further into this discussion, um, I wanted to just t- take a step back to the first Takana a little bit that we mentioned from Shimon Ben Shetach, who said Ksuba. Aksuba also preceded Shimon Ben Shetach. Uh, the Gemara doesn't get into it. It's not Aksuba, it's over here. But it is something that's, uh, that's interesting to take a look at his Takana. So if you take a look at the end of the eighth parak in Subas, Pebez Mebez, it says like this Amr of Yehuda, Brishono, Haikosun, Lebesula, Masaim. La mana mana. Originally, the takana was to give, to write in the document of Tsuba, the, the golden parachute, as it were. 200 for a basula. What? 200 mana? 
Hai uh, kosmos of Masayim, 200, Umana Mona, Mone. 200 zoos or 100 zoos? Maskinin, and they would get old. They weren't getting married. This wasn't working out so well. This uh, Rashi says, "Hayu kosvin v'lo yom mishabdin nechseim lachrais ksuba." They were not uh, placing a lien for the ksuba on all of their assets. What would happen? Lo yinos noshim. They wouldn't marry women. Shelo hayu rotsus linosalem. The women weren't interested. Amru lekishiyamos oyigarish lo nimto ligvos klum. What kind of golden parachute is this? What kind of protection is this? If the, the groom decides he wants to divorce her or he drops dead, either way, there's room for playing games. And she's not going to collect anything. They're going to hide the money and play games. So, so okay, you know what? Better, better than that, just won't get married. So it was causing serious problems. And uh, this needed to be fixed. This is not a mahalach. There's a shidduch crisis over here. What happened? Shimon ben Shetach v'tiken kol nechosov achroin l'tzubasa. Shimon Shetach said, no games. All of his assets are subject to satisfy the debt of the ksuba. So he can't play games and say, oh, it's only from from cash, and somehow all attaché cases are missing after he's dead, right? No. <laughs> Everything he's got. The Yorishim have anything, so she can come knocking and say, the widow, pay up. There's a ksuba here. So that sounds like helped deal with the Shadal crisis at the time. Tani nam similarly, barishono hayu kosvin lebisula mosayim, lamana mona. Originally, they would write for Basula 200 and for Almana, Mona 100. And they're getting old, they wouldn't marry women. They've had an interim takana uh, to try and bridge the gap. They would uh, place the, the money in escrow by her father's house. Okay. The base by Um, oh, one second. No, I'm sorry. Not her father's house. Rashi says, basically, her father-in-law's house. And he says, Bebe's bylaw in, in, her, in her husband's house. And then, apparently, terrible situation, but Maybe she'd burn the toast. Maybe he was uh, upset with something and he'd get angry at her. Terrible. And he'd say, go get your ksuba. <laughs> so this is not a good situation. Hmm. So, um, oh, originally did it by her father's house. Then they switched it to her father-in-law's house. Right. Originally, by her father, then by his father. What would they do? Ashiros osos oso 
Palsa shall kesef shall zav. The rich ones would make from the ksuba baskets of silver and gold. Uh, Rashi says, Ashiras, the ones who their ksuba was large. How, how would they actually uh, make this golden parachute? They wouldn't literally make a golden parachute. They would make a golden basket or a silver basket. Uh, if they were rich, if the ksuba was large, a kausus kiminsa, like a type of basket, shemenachas al that she could place on her head. Vinosenes ba palchea, she could place it her her weavings after she's finished. That's one uh, category. What about the poor girls with a small ksuba? Anios hay osusa avit shab meme reglaim. They use it as a, uh, a chamber pot. That, that's uh, all that they could afford with their ksuba. So that's this new, uh, okay, switch, whose house is the, in, being held in escrow. But still, it didn't help. He's not going to be more embarrassed that it's by his father's house. It, he still, when he got angry, it was the second time the toast was burnt, so... He says, go, take your ksuba and get out. Ad sheba shimam shetach, our hero. He fixed it. V'tikin kosev la kol That all of his assets are subject to payment for the ksuba. And it's not so easy for him to disentangle and just say, take your golden parachute, go. He's going to have to liquidate assets, take some time. Maybe he'll say it's a bad idea. Right. So that's, that was the Takana of Shem Manshatach, that all of his assets should be subject to satisfying the debt. And uh, the Raman Paskins this, by the way. And it's interesting the, uh, the extent, how, how far that goes. And Hilkos Isha's Pertazain, Halachayud. And further, the sage is enacted. All the husband's assets are uh, liable and, and available to satisfy the debt of ksuba. Even if it's a small ksuba. And he has thousands of golden uh, uh, coins worth of assets of, of real property. It's all underneath and subject to the, the, the debt of the ksuba. And anything that the husband sells, any assets the husband sells of, of real property, land, after the marriage, even though the deal went through, he's allowed to sell his property should he so choose. Nonetheless, she can go back to the buyer and say, excuse me, sir, you bought this for my husband 10 years ago and he divorced me today. Give me the money. And the court will support that. If he's washed out and he has no other free assets. 
So, in theory, it's it's a, a life-altering experience. He is not a free man. He's got this debt hanging over his head. And of all his money, all of his stuff. All of his stuff, subject to satisfying the debt of Ksuba, well, even he what he sold. All of it? No. Or just whatever sell it is. It and pay whatever the Ksuba. Not just sell it. The guy you sold it to ten years ago is going to have to give it up. Anybody who's doing business with the guy, this guy says, "Oh, you're married." Let's see how, how much free assets you have. Let's hope that you're not uh, you know, going bankrupt. <laughs> right? it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole different paradigm over here. Serious business. Suba. <laughs> so, yeah, that's. Uh, However, when she collects, she is required in order to actually exact and extract her due, to take an oath with a holy object, like all Balechobos, like all those that are creditors that uh, are coming to collect. Takana Zu says the Ramah, what is the purpose for this enactment, radical enactment? In order that it shouldn't be treated light by him. Suba is serious. Suba is outstanding debt. So, he's, uh, he, he should not view it as inconsequential. So that was the Takana of Shem Shatach, by Ksuba. Now, if you actually look at what Ksuba is, and talk about it, it shouldn't be uh, inconsequential. So, the Ramam does discuss what Ksuba is. Dinrim elu lo tiknu osam minakesavatar does not have to be pure silver. Elam madbeish shayba osan yamim. Rather, the the coinage that was in those days shayba sheva chalokim nechoshes seven parts copper, chelik echad kesef one eighth. We mean seven eighths uh, were copper, one eighth silver. Ad shiye besela chatsi zuz kesef till in a cell you have half a zuz of silver. Vinimsu and Raman does the calculation for you. Mosayim dinrin shel besula. How much is two hundred dinar? Chamisha ve'esrim dinar shel kasef. It's twenty-five dinar of pure silver. Uma shel beula and the hundred of beula shnei moser dinar omechza twelve and a half dinar of pure silver. And how much is a dinar? Mishkal cold dinar. How much does the weight of a dinar? Which is for, let's say the Basula is 25 of them. Sheish Vitishim Sairis. So that's 96 barley kernels of silver per dinner times 25. Yeah, so that's, what is that? Oh, you've got a math, right? What is that? <laughs> what is that? Is that like 2400 or something? 2,400 barley kernels of, uh, of silver, which, according to uh, Wikipedia math of the, the system of barley kernels, in today's value is about $65. Oh. Not a very big number. No, no, no. All together. Oh. $200 yeah. is $65. Uh, silver's gone down in recent days dramatically. Oh. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's $100 very quickly. But... 
right now. Oh, it used to be much, much more. Yeah, right now, it's about $65. That's, uh, yeah, really cheap silver and really cheap to be able to divorce your, your wife if you're upset with her uh, you know, toast skills. So this, uh, this is not very much. And they actually were surprised by this. People asked the Rivash this question. Hmm. said, what is going on over here? This is, you're trying to discourage divorce. Uh, this is not a huge deterrent. So he writes over here, uh, it says, in Chuva Kuf Nun Gimel, he says that the 200 of the Basula is only 25 dinner of Tsuri of Tyre. And the Achram say that a dinner is a third of an argent, which uh, would be an ounce, which is one sixteenth of an ounce of Kesef. Sorry. So the the argans three argans makes a dinner and the argans is one sixteenth of an ounce of sulfur he quotes Ramban Kisisa he says how could our sages enact such a small sum they said what is the point it shouldn't be easy for him to divorce her. It's a very low-grade deterrent. Even the poorest guy in Israel, right, the guy that's, uh, that he is collecting in Zichar Moshe over there, he gets for Kirk to his wife, $65, that's it, get out. Well, what's the, well how is this a deterrent? So, the, the Rivash answers them. <clears throat> he says, you know, these, uh, these people in Mallorca, really rich. They have fancy houses, Batum Lehm called Tuv, storehouses of silver, all sorts of precious gems, and golden coins. So, yeah, they, they can't relate to this. That uh, that even their poor people are so rich, mm-hmm. but uh, he says that's not the case over here, where he's where he's is not in Mallorca, that people live much more simply, and he says they barely have enough bread and limited water. They sleep yeah, on the ground, <laughs> or they don't have their ceiling mattresses. They have. A, uh, a little skin that they sleep on if they're a little better off than sleeping on the floor. And they, you know what they wear for pajamas? No. What? No. no, they have pajamas. You know what their pajamas are? The same thing we wear during the day. Socio, <laughs> <laughs> They just wear the same thing all the time. And, it's patches on top of patches. That's, that's how we get, we, we're not rich people like in my yard, but you have a question. How could it, six, you know how much $65 is? That's a lot of money for us over here. 
You in Mallorca, that's, you know, you blink and it's $65. But over here, it goes very far. Most people here go barefoot. So this is the reverse saying. What he sees in his society, they are not so rich. Your cash has nothing to do with our society. <laughs> and he says, and, and, and we are old school. In times of our sages, when they enacted Suba, it's more like us, not like you. <laughs> so, so he says that, uh, fascinating, he continues on about this, and he says ultimately later, So why not make a sliding scale? Say that you have to do with that percentage of your assets, go to have a, an assessment how much will make you blink before you divorce her. No, they didn't do that. They wanted to make the lowest common denominator to prevent people from not being able to get married. As we saw, this was an issue. She wants her protection, and uh, if it's too high, too onerous, it's going to be a problem. They wanted to be the same for every groom. They all should have the same fixed sum. You want to add? You can add. But the, the basic requisite of Tsuba, instead of making it sliding scale, which will make the poor people feel inferior, will be just the baseline which would be a deterrent for the people below the poverty line. So that's the reason, although they're trying to make a deterrent, they're also looking not to embarrass somebody who's poor. So that's why it's so cheap. That's that's the Rivash's truth over here. Uh, it happens to be that today, it's really a somewhat academic discussion. It's a little bit obsolete for us. at least. Because Rabbeinu Gershon made a Takana that makes the whole Takana of Ksuba Unnecessary. Right, what is the purpose of Suba? He shouldn't be able to say, get out of here. So if he's not allowed to do that, so then it doesn't matter. You don't need a financial deterrence. If he says, get out, and she says, loy, with an olive. <laughs> She's not budging. <laughs> she doesn't want to get a divorce. So he'll just have to go and stew on the couch by himself. Huh. He can go for a walk if he wants. She doesn't have to leave. No forcing her to accept a get against her will. Even though Din Tara does recognize the ability of the husband to give a bill of divorce against her wishes, it does not require her consent. However, he made a takana that says there's a chayrim for anybody who does that. So that's much more powerful than you know, the $65 uh, deterrence. And a chayrim, a chayrim. Yeah, it's, it's uh, basically an excommunication of a klala for somebody that, um, that would violate this. It's, it's uh, strongly... Dis- discouraged. It's it's uh, not to be done. So yeah, the um, 
the Ramah brings down over here in Simen Samech Vav, in Hilchus Ksubis, Ebn Ezer. Uh, going on the words of the Machaber. First, let's say Machaber. In Kosovo Ksubo Nevda, if the husband wrote for her Ksubo and it was lost, or she forgave it to him, He's got to write her a new one, at least for the Iker Ksuba. Why? It's prohibited for him to stay with his wife without having Ksuba. They want this deterrent there, so if she pre-collects, then it's got to make a new one, because they want the deterrent in place. Says Ramah, if there's some upheaval in the city and women lose their ksubos, their documents uh, that will uh, protect them in the event of divorce or death of the husband, uh, even though there's a risk that those ksubas might be found subsequently, still there's an obligation to write new ones. If it's unknown what the actual amount is, in the name of the Gaonim say, they'll make an evaluation what they think is customary for each circumstance. Because of places where they add to Seves Ksuba as a common custom, so they would write that in the new document as well. Needs to be as large as the first. Take a look later. In places where they only divorce with a woman's consent, it's not necessary to write a new ksuba. This takana, Rabbi Gershom, really is a game changer. It alters the whole dynamic. It is not easy for him to throw her out. She has to agree. So it's not really necessary to write a ksuba because you have a much bigger deterrent. Right? So therefore, nowadays, in these countries, so I'm all speaking here, for those of us at the table that know it, Minak Ashkenaz, One could be lenient concerning the writing of the Ksuba. But in a minute came, However, the custom is not to treat the writing of Tsuba lightly. The minig is to yes write the Tsuba, but Elishanas and don't change the minig. Give it to them. Looks nice on the wall. It's beautiful. She likes it. Don't change the minig. But really, in terms of the dynamic, much more than Shimon Ben Shetach's Takana is Rambin Gershom's Takana, at least Rashkenazin, that he can't divorce her against her will. So yeah, that's the first takana. 
getting back to this sakana in uh, in the Indian of Taras, Tumantara. So, yeah, besides this fascinating idea that Shem Meshatach ruined his nephew's party, which, uh, okay, you know, the primary allegiance has to be to the Torah. The Torah cannot be forgotten. Sorry, nephew. But, uh, yeah, parties are... Wait, wait a wait. Besides that, so... I didn't see it inside, actually. Kaczynski uh, mentioned to me from Rav Cook that he spoke about this idea of the Takanov, the Tuma going back. That the different approaches, the person is a vessel. So a person can try and change themselves by breaking themselves. Sometimes that could be the the quickest path to change, but it's not necessarily the most long-lasting effect. It, it can uh, creep back, so to speak. They can, the tumor can can come back. The slower process of mehatos, hazah, sprinkling of tara, third day, the seventh day, takes longer, but the tumor is gone. So the in terms of personal growth and perfection, slow and steady wins the race. And it, it, it reminds me of what Rav Shurkin said. Rav Shurkin said his father uh, had a strong critique about Navardic. Navardic was a certain branch of Moser, and they would do what we would call crazy things. Uh, just in case a person ever finds shatnes on their garments, they go into the street, flash people like this, you know, very wild stuff. Because, you know, if a person really has shatnes, they've got to do that. So they wanted to break themselves to not, to not be, uh, you know, ever caught in that situation, to do a test run. So it might be illegal. I don't recommend doing Novartic activities necessarily. And, uh, Novartic? So, so certain certain groups of Moser, so uh, and you know other maybe more mild examples, you know, walking into a hardware store, say uh, you know wear the cornflakes, and you know, see how how much patience they have for a person like that. Okay, so uh, just incurring upon themselves derision. Uh, so they were breaking themselves. To what Shogun's father said, it didn't work so well. He said. They, they were trying to not be Macbeth, to try and uh, not, not have errors of COVID, but he said, Whoa, a Nevardiker got an Aliyah. And uh, it wasn't Kafi Kvodo, so there'd be a huff. says, you know, the world stops. And the, the push the Yitzhar down here, it'll pop up over there. It's, it needs to be to be tamed and molded, but, but broken is not actually a long-term solution. That's, that was uh, what Shikin's father said. So, yeah, that's their uh, uh, of this, uh, this Gemara. Yeah.
Okay, so continuing on, the, the Gemara is talking about this Takana. Uh, this goes well according to the opinion. So, this goes well if we say that it was enacted specifically for Tumas Mace. Tumas Mace, the impurity of coming in contact with the dead, has the long term. Three days of sprinkling, and the seventh day of sprinkling with the ashes of the red heifer. But what about other Tumas? If you say that it was a generic takana that includes any tuma, so then what's the the siba? What's the reasoning? Amrabaye, gzeira. It was a decree. Shema lo yikaveno tetaroso. Maybe it will not be broken enough to achieve tara. So if people start doing this trick, even not just for tumas mace, but for in general any tuma. If they just break it mildly, slightly, and still retain some function, so then it's broken, but not enough to, dis- to dispel the tumor, and therefore they made a takana to avoid this solution, which may not always work. Somebody's uh, going too easy on the breaking process. A separate reason. Rabbah says, it's a decree, perhaps, people will say that the tevila, the immersion of the day, is adequate. Let's see Rashi. Uh, Bichdesh Tairaso Kemote Rimon. Rashi speaks out precisely what is the amount uh, of breakage that makes it not a functional vessel, that it can no longer hold a rimon, a, a pomegranate. So if it's a, a basket that's cracked, broken, to the point that it can no longer hold, uh, that even a rimon will slip through and, and won't be able to be held, it's non-functional. And you don't need it to be able to hold uh, you know, a watermelon. If, if, if it, but if it... Uh, meaning... If it already won't hold a rimon, it's considered baltometeras kli, no longer a vessel, and then that would affect the tara. But okay, what's the size of a rimon, right? But maybe there'd be chas, and that makes such a big crack. Bas yoma, the other idea, Rava's idea, below of shemesh, without waiting for the sun to set. Really, they need to wait for the sun to set. The the immersion in the mikvah, even by non tumas mace, you need to have. Hair of Shemesh, in order for it to be Tahar. So it has to have uh, passed the sunset. So the, the casual observer will see that this became impure and during that same day it's in use. He's not going to know that an hour in between the person broke the vessel and then refixed it. So what will they come to conclude? 
they probably went and took it to the mikvah, and you don't need Harav Shemesh. You don't need for a Tara to have a sunset. And this applies beyond just impurity of the dead. For any type of tumor, you need Harav Shemesh. So therefore, because of this error people will make by not realizing that the Tvila of Kalim requires Harav Shemesh, they made a Takana. Don't do this. So that's uh, where the letter is, how we pass him. Okay. My benayu, what is between Abaya and Rava? Igi benayu, dratzfenu minatsev. Rashi. Herikon, or what gears did you see Herikon? That's what mine says. But Hedikon is what the Rashash says. Easier to read. Stuck it together. Vishavron Kulon, and it was fully broken, just uh, splintered into uh, shards. Kimo, Chulis Shema Lo Leka. There's no concern if it's totally shattered that he won't break it properly. It's, there's nothing to talk about. Vishema Yomru Ika. But the concern that people will say, you don't need Harav Shemesh by Kalim, you don't need to wait until the sun sets, that would still be a problem. And an alternate way of reading is that perhaps people will say uh, that there's a concern that he won't break it adequately. But But the second concern is not relevant. Because since it was fully broken, and shattered, it's obvious that it didn't just go to mikvah, it was remade. So, so if it was shattered, the, the, the second way which Rashi likes, he says, was in the the that the difference between them is if it was shattered, you would not have the second reason of people thinking that it went to mikvah and you don't need to have shamesh. And, but you would have the concern, the first concern, that... Uh, Maybe somebody won't go to the extent of shattering it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the takana. How does the Rambam bring it? La lacha. Let's take a look. Bays. Perikid bays. Hellas Kalen. Where's my Here, Raman says, Why did they enact rabbinically that? Um, metal vessels uh, become tummy again after they were broken, they were remade. Maybe somebody will try and do quick process and fix it on that same day. Somebody will say Shtikl Tara, 
that just like the breaking is a process that achieves purity and the immersion is a process that achieves purity just as the breaking process does not require hair of Shemesh, which is true, they'll make a mistake and say, Similarly, if it was immersed in a mikvah, people will say that it's a similar process, both affect Tara in the same way, and people make, make the error that Kalim vessels do not require hair of Shemesh if they achieve Tara through a mikvah. That's not true. Because of this concern, they made a takana. People have this badge to call Tara. So it, the Ramam doesn't actually say sh- a concern somebody will see it. <clears throat> the Ramam is, is worried about somebody making a, an error in in a dimyan, in a comparison, a halachic analysis that's faulty. I like Rashi. Yeah. Let's see. Where's this other din? Ah. Yeah, the, the other din that we saw, we started originally with Ravashi's din about glass. Right, glass. Just to mention, the Rambam does bring that lahalacha. Perk Aleph and Hilchas Kalim. Halacha He. So he says. Glassware does not contract impurity biblically. Rabbinically, it was decreed that glassware should contract impurity. Since it's created from sand, it's similar to earthenware, which does contract tuma. And since the inside is visible like the outside, in the decree that glass should contract tuma, they did not make it contract tuma like earthenware from the avir kli, from the airspace within the vessel. Rather, like metalware, other vessels, that Mechabal besides glass, I'm sorry, besides cheres, besides earthenware, from touching the surface of the vessel, whether on the inside or outside, but it needs to touch the surface, not in the airspace. The tuma of glass or the impurity is only if it's as a uh, receptacle, but not a straight uh, non-receptacle utensil made out of glass. The ain lahen tara of the mikvah. Ramam says it doesn't have tara in the mikvah, glassware. The ain sofran lahen truma kachim shalogazra lahen ella litlos. 
they didn't want it to be in Daraisa. They said just uh, to be told that, but not to be serif truma, because Daraisa it's tower. The glassware does not contract truma. Daraisa. Yeah. Mai. So we're going through Yudhastava, different takanas that were made when Shammai became the majority, was able to pass some legislation. So what else do you have over here? So if somebody places vessels under pipes, uh, Rashi points out, that the, these, uh, I guess you could say, like uh, rain pipes, gutters, that are collecting the water were first fixed into the ground and then made into receptacles. They're not kalim themselves. Otherwise, they would be tame to begin with. It, not tame, I'm sorry, they would be Shuvin to begin with, we're talking about making a mikvah. So if they were receptacles uh, for the purpose of receiving water, which is what these sinaras would be for, then they're they're doing their job as vessels, and it would be maim shuvin. So he qualifies these sinaras are not kalim that make shuvin. So you have you have kalim underneath this. This uh, let's say uh, gutter pipe or something that drain pipe that's uh, not in of itself a cleat, and it was put there in order to collect the rain. Whether they are large vessels or small vessels, even if they are stone or earthenware. Or glolim, uh, Rashi typically says that glolim are uh, made from uh, dung, dung vessels. Uh, here, Rashi says shayish, it's a bit unusual, uh, which is another type of stone, or he said stone, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Pointed out by Rabbi Kivayger on the side. Um, in any event, all these type of vessels that are put there to receive the water, this water is called Maim She'uvin, drawn water, not living water. That would be rainwater, water coming from a spring, or a living body of water. Body of water. This water is considered drawn and therefore will invalidate the mikvah if it's in the amount that would passel, uh, you know, the the uh, once you have our saw, so it doesn't make a difference. But to make the mikvah, too much maim shuvin will invalidate it. So it doesn't matter whether he placed it there intentionally to collect the water, or if he forgot that it was there, he just left it there. That's what Beishamai says. Beishel says no. He put it there in the summer. He just set down his bucket, and then you know, six months later in the winter, lo and behold, the bucket's filled with water that's collected because um, it was under the drain pipe. So this all says no problem. 
He's metahir. He says this water could be used for hashlama of the mikvah. It is not shuvin, not considered drawn. Uh, Rashi speaks out. Metaren deshocheach lo chashiva sheiva it's not called drawn water because it was not his intention. He totally forgot about it. Oh, Rabbi Meir. Oh, yeah. As an aside, in order for it to actually work as hashlama for the mikvah, you wouldn't be able to lift up that bucket because then it's for sure my shuvin according to everybody. You'd have to break the bucket and then have it drain into the mikvah for hashlama, but. Is it already possible or not? Is, is the question. So Amr Rabbi Meir, Nimnu v'Rov v'Shamay al They did an, a, a, a quorum count, and there were more people from Beis Shamay than Beis Silla. Umode Beis Shamay b'Shocheach b'Chotze Shutar. However, Beis Shamay agrees that it's not underneath the gutter which is set there to receive the water, but rather is just placed in the courtyard, and he forgot about it there, that Beishame concedes is Tahar, is not considered Maim Shuvim. This water is eligible to complete a mikvah, not considered drawn water, even according to Beishame. Omar Biosi, he disagrees, Adain, well, uh, presumably, the simple reading of the Gemara, he disagrees, okay? The debate still raged on. See Rashi. Okay. Bechotzer. Uh, right, the, the, the case that Beishamai agrees to, according to Rimeir. Not underneath the pipe. And it's filled up and then fell into the mikvah, that would be okay. Shehu says Rashi, continuing, when he placed it underneath the pipe, if he placed it there, as the storm clouds were forming, and then there was no rain, and he just left it there, he forgot, as we speak out later, that is where there is a debate between Bishama and Besalom. He did reveal his interest. Oh, the, clink, the, the rain clouds are forming, let's go and collect some water. But then it dispersed and he forgot about it. So that's where they, they disagree. He says, the, the case that is the debate is when the, the rain clouds, storm clouds are forming, he takes his bucket, puts it underneath the, the, sinar, the, the uh, storm uh, pipe to catch the water, and then it disperses, According to Hillel, he forgot about it, he's done. It's no longer considered my shuvim, any water that's collected there. Beis Shammai says, no, it's certain and clear from his actions that that's what he wanted, was to receive the rain and 
the fact that he forgot about it later doesn't undo that intent because it's muhamil, so it's, it's, it's clear from the action. So the action speaks louder than intent, and the fact that he forgot about it doesn't undo that action. However, Beis Shammai would agree when the action is not explicit. He just put it out in the chatzar, it's in the courtyard. So the action doesn't tell you he's trying to collect rain. So then when he forgets, so there's no action, no machshava, there Beis Shammai agrees it will not be Shuvin, even though he had intentions that were less than clear from his actions at one point when the rain clouds were forming to co- collect in this vessel rain. So that's, that is the, the debate. Abim Koma Omedes. Rashi continues. Abimeniach Tachas Atzinor, Bekishar Avim. The Machlokas is still in place. In a circumstance where he placed the, the bucket underneath the pipe, when the clouds were formed, they were not successful in their attempt at that, for this particular debate. Beishamai didn't, didn't, he says, I don't know which part, they didn't make an accounting, they didn't, or they didn't have more, but whatever it is, this is not included in Yudchaz that Beishamai was able to seize power and push a bunch of legislation his style. Um, okay, but nonetheless, they didn't change their mind, meaning that they, they maintained their opinion. Uh, they were not mevata b'sola, but they didn't change their mind. That's bimkomo. Uh, it's still bimkomo. Meres the machlokis is ongoing. That's that's uh, what Rabbi says. Amar of Mesharshia, the Beirat, Amri, Akol Modim. Everyone agrees that when he placed the bucket to receive the water at the time of the gathering of the clouds, it is not eligible for using this water for a mikvah. If he did it in the summer, when there isn't a cloud in the sky, everybody agrees that it's tahar, that it's still eligible for filling a mikvah. It's not going to be called Maim Shuvin. They only debate in a case where he placed it, placed his bucket to receive the water that would rain down right as the clouds were forming. And then they dissipated. And then the clouds came back. Yisrael says, that his original intent is nullified. The Shama says no. His original t- intent is in place. Uh, let's just see Rashi. Shaskishra Avim. The Ikhrugishamim Lavo. And the rains took a long time to come. Vyatsumalato. He went out to visit his work. He forgot about it. The fact that he wasn't paying attention at the time when the rain was collected, since uh, he set it down, because uh, he, he put it out 
this uh, bucket to receive the waters. When the the clouds were were gathered, uh, it says his his original intent is not nullified. Uh, if he places his bucket out there when there is no cloud on the horizon, then there's no gilu das. It's not clear that he's trying to collect rain. So everybody agrees it's Tahar, eligible for Hashlam of the Mikvah. Butla Machshavto, his intent is nullified. Says Rashi Dichinis Pazru, Asaradaiti to Savar Lo Yergushamim Od. Since the clouds dispersed, so he's he's uh, no longer anticipating this to happen. He thinks the rain is not going to come at, at all. And uh, and then, according to Basilel, it's going to be when it does ultimately rain. Tahar, and uh, eligible for Hashlama of the Mikvah. Right, Marasav Bat Machshav, Marasav Lo Bat Machshavta. Ulrabi Yosi, the Oma Machlokes, Adain B'mkomo Medes. Corner Yosi that says this is not Yochetz Dovar, so he's got to have a different count. We know it's eighteen, but what is it? So he has a different. Takana. Amar Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak Af Benos Kusim Nidus Merisosayim Me Arisoson Bobiom Gazrum. The status of Benos Kusim that Rashi speaks out Nidus Beris Me Arisoson Me Yom Shenolda from the day of their birth they should have a din of Nidus Mizrabanon. Perhaps they will actually be nidos. The, the truth is, that doesn't matter her age. If she has nidos, she has tumas nida. Doesn't matter if she's one day old. There's a vav to teach you not just a woman, but. Even a Tinoko's Basyomachot, one day old girl. If she has Tumas Nida, it'll be Doraisa. That's a Drasha. Kusim ain't Darshan Medrasa. They don't have this Drasha. They say Dafka means a, an Isha, not a Ketano. No, when If they do have this case that by the Kusim a girl has Nidos for even one day old, they'll say, eh, don't worry about it, that's not Tameh. Therefore, the Rabbana made Xera, because they reject the Halacha, we have to be choshesh their nidos, from Basyom. That's the, the Xera that Beishamai enacted, according to Rabbi Yossi, who says that he was not successful, or didn't attempt perhaps, to make the uh, legislation about uh, his way of understanding the invalidation of the waters that... Uh, that were collected when it when he put it out when it was uh, when there were clouds and dispersed came back 
Yeah. Now let's see how the Raman brings this down. So he says, Somebody places vessels underneath a pipe, always, at all times, whether large or small vessels, independent of the material, um, even if they're stoneware, other types of vessels that do not contract tuma, and they fill up with water, they, these waters are called Maim Shuvim. Vim Kafon Alpian or Shavron Amaim Anikovimehem Keshuvim the Choldova Shemel Daitonis Malo since they were filled up based on his intent. Uh, so it doesn't matter. The the waters will become Shuvim. Shekhaskasatsin or the Kalehman. The whole purpose of putting them underneath at Sinor, a pipe, is to collect the received water that will gather there. And even if he forgot the vessels underneath the pipe, still it's possible. A enactment for one who forgot is included in the psul for the one who said it there intentionally. Similarly, now we're going away from underneath the the pipes. Now we're talking about just in the the court, the courtyard. At the time when the clouds are gathering, he puts them out to collect the water uh, as the the clouds are forming. That is possible. He similarly decreed if somebody forgot about it, but he set it out in the chotzer in the courtyard to receive the water at the time when. There's water to be received. So it's also uh, called Maim Shu'uvin, ineligible for Mikvah, will pass on Mikvah that's not Mole. Uh, that's Xera Mishuminyach. It's, it's also included as, a, as Shu'uvin uh, in, in the, because it's similar to the one that's, that said it there intentionally. If somebody placed it, in the courtyard at the time when the clouds were dispersed. And then clouds came and it filled up. Then these waters are okay. Just like if somebody takes their buckets onto the roof to dry them out. And then a storm comes and fills them up. That's certainly it was not their intent. Those waters you could use for mikvah. <laughs> Similarly, if he placed them out there at the, at the time when there were clouds, and they dissipated, and then the storm clouds came back, and the vessels became filled with this water, it's also kosher. Again, you won't be able to lift this up, but if he breaks the vessels, those the water that will go out will be kosher to fill the mikvah. Uh, so yeah, that's how the Raman Paskins. Sounds like this takana was um, it sounds like the, that it was makobol. Uh, In any event, yeah, 
going further in Yud Chazdava. Ditnan Kol Ametatlin Mevina Satuma Beove Maideya. That it's taught in the Mishnah, all metaltalin, all movable property, can transmit tuma with the thickness of a cattle prod. So, which the Rama mentions is an etzbana shlish. It's not, not very thick, but some girth to it. Uh, let's see, Rashi. Kol metaltalin mevina satuma mishum ohel contracts tuma through the process of um, an ohel, which is tent. Shim il rosho echot alames. If one side of the cattle prod is above the corpse, rosho echot alakelim, and the other one is on vessels, mevien lehen tumas ohel hames letamazayin yomen. The tuma is transmitted uh, because the corpse is considered under the same tent with these vessels through the Maizeah, this Kalparab, and it will require seven days. Tumas Meis, Leos Avatumah Kedin Oel Tameh, just as though it was in a tent with a mace. It's not a full tent, it's a Maizeah, it's, it's a Kalparab, but still, that's the decree that we're looking at. Omer Bitarifon, Omer Bitarifon is not pleased with this at all. Oh, before we get to that, let's just see the Rashi. What does it mean by Ovemadea? The thickness of the cattle prod. Afilu enbehen hoseach tefach elak Ovemadea. Even though, really, in order to be an ohel, you need a width covering of a tefach and some ohel covering, which is a hand's breadth. But this uh, rabbinic extension here says all you need is the width of the cattle prod. Uh... You don't have that, but you need a tefach. Because you do have the length of a tefach, even though the width is only, let's say, an etzban, a third, but nonetheless, they made a to treat something like that as also an ohel. But yeah, Rabbi Tarifin is not pleased. He says, Literally, I will... Uh, uh, Rashi says, I will bury them. Cutting and shortening. Very severe terminology over here. Rabbi Tarfin is uh, often a Talmud of Beishamai. He's a tough character. Um, he was so distraught over the Torah that was being forgotten. Um, he cursed himself. Terrible. So, how could this be? It's not shut. It's not shut. So, yeah, I'm not saying that he should have. It's just his bizarre. We see they're very worried about forgetting Torah. Right? We saw earlier Shimon Shetach ruins his nephew's party. Don't forget the Torah. We have over here Rabbi Tarfin busy cursing himself, burying his sons. Terrible. Okay? Right? That's what he said, I'll bury my son. Because this halacha is buried. Saying that this, this is a terrible shibush. The one who heard it, heard, and made an error. What was the case? Okay, let's, let's 
calm down. What does Rabbi Tarifan actually say is the truth? The farmer is walking by and his cattle prod is on his shoulder. One side of the cattle prod is going over the grave. They said that the cattle prod becomes impure, contracts Tuma, because of vessels that go on top of the dead. So, not that it becomes an ohel to transmit Tuma to other vessels on the other side, but that it itself becomes Tuma. Rashi, Shishoma Shomea, when the question was asked, this happened, and it was asked in the base medrash. And, and the person who heard, heard that the psak was its tameh, he made an error, he didn't know what type of tuma was declared. Uh, what they said was that the madea um, becomes Tommy the, the cattle prod becomes impure because the vessel cattle prod was over the airspace of the dead Shakli the, the vessel itself is considered like a tent over the dead with any amount you do not need to have a full tent of a tefach you only need a tefach to transmit the tuma from one side to the other, which is no longer in the airspace of the dead. That's where you need a tefach. But over the mace itself, a kol shehu, says Rabbi Tarifin. And they said that the, they told the farmer that there is tumas erev, he needs to go to the mikvah because he touched this vessel, this calprod, which went over the dead body and was an oil. The, the calprod itself, even though it's less than a tefah, is considered mahil alames, and it became tamay. He touched the tumah. So he has uh, one day of tumah, her shemesh, shu'ava tumah, so he's a rishon that touched avatumah. And the one who heard it made a mistake and said that he became an avatumah, that he should become fully like he's in a tent with the dead. And Rabbi Tarfin says, screams, this is not true. Okay? So that's uh, the first mahalach. What does Rabbi Kiva say? I'm Rabbi Kiva, ani atkin. I will explain fix the matter that, that it will restore the, the words of the sages that they will be fitting all metaltalim movable vessels transmit the tuma on a person that's carrying them with the thickness of a cattle prod and on themselves with any amount. And transmitting to other people and vessels as a, a full-fledged tent, that does require tefach. 
that's uh, Rabbi Kiva's way of trying to rephrase Rashi. Sheomrim ove mardeya mevi tuma kaimin yesh dovar shemevien alof tuma mamish liton hazoya. How does this work? That sometimes you you can have a transmission of tuma that requires a sprinkling midrabanon. Uh, what would that be? He has biblically become impure by touching this vessel that was over the airspace of the corpse. They made a decree to to treat the the ohel um, that works biblically for the, the object itself, this cattle prod, to treat it as an ohel, to, as, a, as a tent, to make him tame midirabanon, that because it's, it has a length of a tefach, even though the thickness is less, they said that it's uh, enough of a concern, people will get confused. Yeah, it does have a tefach on one dimension, so therefore treat it as an ohel midirabanon, to require the full... Uh, procedure of tuma of tahara, the seven day process. Mishum of kima de matamas le al korachach tuma do raisa, the shrechua erev shemesh. Certainly, the, the, you do have biblical uh, tuma uh, for erev shemesh, do raisa, of mace, and he did not touch the dead body. Kesavar shemishum oil atamatamo. He's going to think that the reason why, this farmer is going to think, the reason why you said you got to go to the mikvah is because of oil. And he thinks that because, even though it's only uh, an etzba and a third thick, um, you don't have a, a, an oil of a tefach, but the length will count. So he's going to make this error, and he's going to make a, a terrible mistake by that. He's going to say, so too, even in a full tent, you don't need seven if he's in the ohel with a maze. But that's only a concern for the farmer. But other vessels uh, that don't touch the Mardea at all, that are not touching this uh, cattle prod, so there's no biblical tuma here at all, so don't make a gzera for that. Ein alechal tamen klal. Ve'ein mevien shum tuma ella biposeach tefach. And anyway, they were only goes there when there's a tefach, and he could make this bad shtikl tera. The, the farm will make this bad shtikl tera, but if it was a smaller cattle prod that was too thin and not even a tefach long, then not. Then they would just say, Heref shemesh. Mitame the regular din One day. Okay, so Rabbi Kiva is explaining this the words of the Rabbanon, uh, not like uh, uh, Rabbi Tarfan. Rabbi Tarfan de Amar Kapeach is born Abni She Halachazum Mikupachas. Botsulu. Okay, so he disagrees with this. So take it out if there's no Takani. He says there's only Den Daraisan. There's a mistake. And so this 
just making cheshbonos, who says what? You have to do a little bit of Tetris. If you hold this as a Tekana, you have to take out that Tekana, etc. The Gra happens to pull out all this from Lerbi Tarifin till this uh, two dots. It's fairly Kremer. Ve'idach. And so after the two dots. Another Tekana. Habotzer Lagas. If somebody is harvesting grapes to uh, produce wine, Shammai Omer Hukhsha. Shammai says that they, th- these grapes that are being collected make the vessel uh, eligible, uh, or they, they are Hukhsha, the Kabul Toma. They are now um, eligible for transmission of Toma. And Hillel says, no, they are not. And notice here we're passing like, Sham, like Shammai over here. Uh, again, we're Yudchaz Dovar, so here's where Shammai seems to have won. So Hillel asks Shammai, we agree that there's no status of it does not become eligible for transmission of by the collecting of olives for making wine. I'm sorry, for making mm-hmm. olive oil. But why by wine do you say, once you're picking up the grapes, that they're hukshalakalatuma, that the tuma can be transmitted uh, from this ext- slight extraction of liquid from them? Why, why is that different than the uh, slight extraction of oil from the olives that you say is not hukshalakalatuma? It's not eligible for transmission of tuma through that. Amalei, so Hillel, Shammai is answering Hillel. He said, you want to know the difference between them? If you start up with me, you're making me trouble. So I'll make a takana also on collection of olives. Do you say there's no difference? If you don't see a difference, then I'm going to have to include that in the Xera also. All right? He's saying, uh, don't, don't mess with me. But it's not really don't mess with me. He's saying, if you really don't see a difference, then there will be a need to make a takana for Hill has such a svara. So other people are going to think that way also. Better make a takana to include the collection of olives. Uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty hot day in the base medrash. Not so cher base medrash. They slammed a sword into. The, the base medrash, uh, those who enter can stay. You want to leave? Too bad. Quarantine. Why? Why? Because they wanted shamay Yeah, to saying they're, they're saying this is. Uh, that's right. We're we're we're, we're taking a, a quorum. We're gonna make takanas over here, and uh, you know there's uh, there. Getting violent a little bit over here. <laughs> um, yeah, sword. You're not supposed to have a sword based measure in general. But uh, yeah, it sounds like, I don't know, maybe that was a takana after this. But <laughs> uh, yeah, you shall me over there. Okay, in any event. Also, Hayahilo Kafuf, that day, Hila was cowed. The Yoshev Neshamai. And sat before Shammai like one of the students. Why? 
You saw the sword? <laughs> no, Shammai had the rope. Shammai had the rope. So Shammai's in charge now. Boy, is he taking advantage. Normally he's the mute, so now he's pushing lots of legislation. So this wasn't just Beit Shammai and Beit Hanel, this was the actual two of the... Right, the founders. They, they already had substantial schools as well, but correct, this is, uh, you know, the men themselves. Yeah. It was as difficult for the Jewish people as the day that they created the golden calf. Because of so many uh, years? No, that's not why. <laughs> Look at Rashi. What does Rashi say? Rashi says, Yeah. Kasha, the fish Hillel Nasi Vanavasan. It was so hard for them because Hillel was the prince, he was really the leader, and he was so humble. So. This is a problem. That's what Rashi says. That's what Rashi says. Now you do have to understand in what way exactly is this compared to the day of the ego. I mean, the ego's tragedy and kamo. I would suggest that the comparison is at working with the Rashi. What happened by the ego? Essentially, it was it was a panic that they had lost their leader, and they made the ego. They had a non-leader. They had some mooing golden calf over there, eating some grass. This is not their leader. Some imposter. <laughs> right? And there's just total mayhem. And Moshe is not there. The real leader is... They're, they're, they're left bereft. Hmm. So, here, Hillel, who was the Nasi and should be the leader, was busy because of his humility. Like, so Kalisrael is left without their their leader. Who was their leader? It was Hillel. He's gone. Not that Shammai is a golden calf, but the <laughs> idea that they're left without their leader it was it was as difficult for them to, to bear. It was, it was uh, such a loss for them. Um, they really did have a leader. Kalisrael did have Moshe Beno, just wasn't available at the time. He was mm. up in the mountain, and they did have Hillel. He exists, but he's sitting in the Talmud with Shammai. So. Is a similar sense of panic that, that the leader that they want, their leader is busy not Cowering. functioning as a leader. I would suggest that's the, the comparison. Why was Shammai not a leader? Shammai? He was calling the shots. He's the rove and he's legislating over here. But he wasn't the Nasi. He wasn't the Nasi. Correct. No. So the Gemara continues. So Shammai Shammai and Hillel together enacted the, the Takanos, Yud Chazdava, and it was not Makobo. Why? People said, no way. The, to the, all the Yud Chazdava? Sounds like it. But also, Tamidayo, Gozavikibluminat. When the students came, it was Bezal, Bezal, you have a large gathering, and it was widely accepted, then people accepted it. Then they were Makaba. So that's, uh, yeah. I do not know how long it took. I don't know. Let's see Rashi. We have a few Rashis here. Uh, yeah, so look. Mipnema botzer betaro. Mipnema ato matzrech libzar bekeidim teherim. This is what Hill is asking to Shammai. Why do you require 
the harvest of the grapes be in vessels that are pure. The Ka'amros Huksha Veyantamatrich Limsukzeisim became Zerim. Because you say that the liquid that comes out of the grapes is a hechshit, it will enable them to contract too much. If you use vessels that are impure, you're going to lose the, the wine. The grapes will become tame. Why don't you say that by the olives? You do not require pure vessels for the harvest of olives. And Shammai said, if you shepherd me, I'm going to work with that assumption, make it across the board. Kanitz, the Vesmedrish, enter into Vesmedrish. Rashi says, Vayotze al-Yetze, Lefi Shayrotz in Laman Miminim. Wanted to make a quorum, and Shammai had the upper hand. There were more people in Shammai. It's a unique moment in history, and he wanted to seize the opportunity and pass, pass through all these Takanas. So, so, the, so the people of Shammai said, If you're from Shammai, come in, but don't get out. Right, nobody's allowed to leave from Shammai. From, right. My time off. Um, why is it considered Hoksha? Why it's uh, one second, is that Vaitana Gemara? Yeah, let's take a look in the Gemara. Okay. So my time. What is the reasoning? Omar Zira Rabbi Ziri it's Xero, maybe he will harvest in vessels that are impure. This goes well, according to the opinion, that an impure vessel will uh, make, uh, make the, the liquid have a status that the, the, what oozes out of the grapes considered mashkin and therefore be tame. According to the opinion that the, the kli tame is not going to make a difference that we will consider it as, uh, as though he wants this little oozing out uh, and therefore that liquid is considered a machshir. We don't. Uh, what are you? What are you going to say? What's the problem? Ella amaziri amar bechanina gzera shema yitzrena bekupos mizufos. As gzera, you might come to use uh, baskets that are made uh, with lining from uh, pitch, and then any liquid that comes out, you do want because it's not going to be lost. It's all tightly sealed, and then. If it's tummy, so you're gonna contract tuma in those vessels. Normally, the vessels are are not uh, liquid tight, and therefore you really don't want it to come out. So, if you, as, as long as you don't say this idea that the kalim tmeim are already bechumra, make it as a as a machshava to make it mekabel tuma, a royal mekabel tuma hechsher. So the concern is you might use a different type of vessel. Where you do actually want, you're, you are trying to squeeze these grapes ultimately, and who cares? You're happy if it starts squeezing now in the basket, as long as you don't lose it. So if it's liquid sealed, so then if it's tummy, you're gonna have a problem. Rava says a different idea because of noshchos. Let's see Rashi. 
of course, Tmeas. Oh, my time a hochsher halo nichale bahi mashkid nafik va azul libud. He says, why should it be a hechsher? If you're dealing with baskets that are not tight to the liquid, so then he doesn't want it to come out, he's going to lose it. So, bekufos tmeos, de isab tumas kli machshavale la mashkid la hechsher, hoil tumoso, be hochsher ka achas. Rash says, I don't know which shita that is. The first shita. Choshev mashka lehachshev. Ochel shbesochov. Afal gav delo achshevehu. It's considered a liquid to make the food that's in it considered eligible to, to contract tumah. Uh, if you say that that's not an issue in the vessel, so so what is the reason for gzera here? We're, we're concerned by Nizufafos. Since he's using, he may use this type of vessel. So even when he doesn't, we want to make a, a takana to use pure vessels because sometimes he might use uh, something that, that is a, a solid basket and he wants the liquid to come out. And if he sometimes uses tahar, sometimes uses tame, he's going to come to transmit tuma inadvertently. So therefore, just always use kalim that are when you're bozer, when you're harvesting for wine. Anoshvos, the other idea, Rava said it's because of noshvos, eshkolos, anoshvos zozo. They're gatherings of clusters of grapes that are literally biting at each other. They're they're intertwined. Kishabala fridon, when you're coming to separate these clusters, nischa tamashke. The, the liquid, the grape juice, is going to squeeze out of them. Kivo, David be'adayim, since he did it with his hands, velo after below schita, and there's no other way to separate out these clusters without extra- extracting some grape juice from them. Machshe, that's called a hechshe. That's called, you wanted it. And if you want this liquid, so then it's it's a hechshe, and and there's exera now because of these intertwined clusters of grapes that you're going to separate, knowingly causing. Is that psikresha? Psikresha. It's not that you really are trying to squeeze it now. It says you're not worried about using baskets that have tar pitch in the bottom. You don't do that. But so what? Since you know that by untangling these grape clusters, you're going to extract some juice. So it's already called a hechsha because it's e efshabelovskhita. Fascinating idea that the the Ephazap Sikresha over here for considering this Hechshel Akabal That's what Rashi learns of Hanoshchus. How does the Ramam learn? Let's take a look. Perk Yir Aleph, Tumas Ochlin. See what he says. Tumas Ochlin. Okay, so. Habotar novim limka bashuk oliabshon loch lo tuma achi plalean mashkin liritsono kishar ochlim. Somebody harvests grapes in order to sell in the shop and in the market or to dry them out. They do not become eligible to contract tuma until they come in contact with mashke liritsono, according to his will, intentionally become wet. Kishar ochlim, like other types of foods. 
Aval habotzer lidra, but somebody who's harvesting grapes for the process of making wine, they already are considered eligible to contract tuma impurity, even though they did not have a liquid fall on them. And if they do come in contact with tuma after they were harvested for wine, they become tummy. This is a rabbinic decree. What is the reason for this takana? Sometimes a person enters into his vineyard to know if the time has come to harvest. He wants to see how the grapes doing. So he starts squeezing. And where does he uh, press these grapes out to check how ripe they are? That's the right time to harvest. On the other grapes that are uh, already harvested. So, so therefore, he's uh, he's being machir these grapes as part of the standard process. Uh, that's that's one reason the Rambam says. Right, and that's really brought in the, in the Gemara. In the future, the next line of the Gemara. He says, um, oh, This is the, the last teaching of the Gemara after Noshchos. Rav Nachman Amar Rabba Bar Avua. Sometimes a person goes into his vineyard to know if it's time to harvest the grapes. Olo, it's not come time yet. He takes some grapes to squeeze them out. And and he sprinkles that that uh, spraying grape juice on the other grapes. On the time of the harvest, this liquid is still on the grapes. So that's uh, one reason that the round brings the ode. Additionally, since he doesn't care about it. It starts getting crushed. And the grape juice oozes out. And he, he doesn't want that these, uh, that these drippings should go on the ground. And therefore, they become hoksha. So he says an interesting idea. The, the Ramam doesn't seem to be learning like Rashi. Ramam says the, the reason here is that he is makbid, that when it, that there is some oozing out, that it should not fall to the ground and be lost. So that going on the other grapes is where he wants them to go. That's called hukshul kabel meaning this, this side want that it shouldn't go on the ground. I, I don't, that's what he says, that it shouldn't go on the ground. That makes it a hersher. Therefore, there goes there that one who is harvesting grapes for pressing into wine, it is hoksha midrabanan already. The Ravid says on this last reasoning, I don't know what he's talking about. Not only is it not anywhere, 
has no taste. <laughs> okay? He's not happy. Okay? Ve'ulai, shibush, hamatiku. Maybe, just he got a bad text or something, I don't know. Ve'roi lios avopisha eno makbid lov arehu mismarech. Pirusho avopisha eno makbid alamashke sharei bodze bekufos. So he's saying that he, he tries to steer it back to integrate it to the direction of harvesting in a sealed basket uh, lined with pitch and work that route. That's, that's what the Raiva does. And the Kesef Mishnah, he says, "Ve'efsha shetam Rabbeinu medamrina begamora gzerim shuma noshos." Ve'omar Rabba bar Nachman pamish Adam holech lekarmel ledem egiu anavim tzirah. Pirush Rashi, what are noshos? Eshkolos anoshos zu azu. How does the Rambam learn that though? The Rabbeinu nira shemafarish tahorikoma mishum eshkolos anoshos. He's saying it's, it's not like the Rav had said that the Ramam's has a shibush on the other part of the Gemara. He says it's the Ramam's interpretation of Noshchos. What is it? They're bitten. Noshchos means bitten. The Rashi learns that they're entangled. The Ramam is saying no, it means they're bitten and they're already soft and oozing. <clears throat> so that's that could be that the way the, the Ramam is coming from uh, this uh, this idea of of an, a new interpretation of Noshos that that uh, not that he's not like Rashi that he's wants to disentangle. Uh, different clusters of grapes, but that they are already uh, and, and bitten, as it were, that there's some uh, juice oozing out of them. And he, he nonetheless has an interest that it not go on the ground, so that's already called a hechsher, even though it was me'elov. He has an interest in it. Right, Masha Enkein, this would not be relevant to, uh, to the... Uh, Olives, right? There's no takon on olives. 